We are back, and what a day to be back. We're talking Major League Baseball's trade deadline here on Extra Bases with Bristol and Booth. Man, what a haul for these Astros and Jeff Luno, huh, Jeremy? Pretty big day today in Astros land. Um, man, you, you know, you do something like what happened today, you energize everybody. The players are excited, the fans are excited, the front office is excited, the scouts are excited, development's excited. It's just a good day. We really don't have any holes right now. If we stay healthy, this team is as good as any team I've ever seen. When you look at everything which happened today, obviously Granky is the big win. Where do you see him fitting in this Astros rotation? I mean, he couldn't fit in any better with where they even are in their five-man rotation right now. I mean, Zach Granky threw today in New York. Right, did well up there. Got the. I'm not sure if he got the win or not, but he pitched pretty well. Um, and Justin Verlander threw yesterday. Is that right? So he's slotting in today to their number three, if you will. Uh, comes into Houston, and but, I mean it's kind of early to set up for October. But if you're looking at it, that's where he fits. He fits behind Cole and Verlander. You had Granky in Milwaukee. We did. How do you think he'll fit? In terms of this clubhouse, is he the type of guy that will fit in? He's a very cerebral dude yeah. from what I've read. He he actually wants to be part of draft yep. drafting and yep. scouting. And yep. I think he's the type that would probably pour over all the analytics and the statistics and the charts. So Is that, it seems that he would fit in, no? Yeah, he's almost he's been doing a good job of this. He's almost too intelligent. You know, sometimes for his own good. I mean, he, look, he's going to study. He's going to read the books. He's going to uh, watch hitters. He's, he's definitely a good evaluator. He's done some stuff in draft rooms before. He's going to step right in with the information. And, and, and by the information, I mean the volume of information the Astros provide. He's going to use what he can. He'll know right away what he can't, and he'll be fine with it. In this clubhouse, he has so many big personalities. He doesn't have to carry it. He's been good in places like Milwaukee, right, like uh, L.A., like Arizona, where he hasn't had to carry the club. Um, Kansas City was a little different at the time, you know. It, it, there was he was some, their big first round yeah, draft pick. Yeah, and there, there were some issues. Number way, one prospect way back when, some issues with him and, and some of the attention he was getting. But that's obviously behind him. Coming here, he's got Altuve and Bregman and Springer and um, you know a rookie sensation Jordan Alvarez and Correa and Verlander, and it goes on and on and on for the guys in the offense. And now he steps into a rotation with Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole. He doesn't have to worry about anything. So it's perfect. Is it possible? Is it is it possible that he could be better here based on what we've seen from guys like Garrett Cole and Charlie Morton and Justin Verlander is it is, I mean he's been pretty darn good I mean when you look at the statistics he is statistically one of the best pitchers in baseball this year well, the, is there a chance for him to be even better here the other guys that you mentioned were were missing some of what the Astros gave them right and Granke probably has you know Arizona's pretty analytically minded as well probably has some of the same advantages Houston could give him already and, and again he's such a sponge for information that he's not gonna let anything go that can't get him better um if Granke's better here if Zach is better here it's going to be because of good players inspire greatness from others right so AJ Hinch is a master at that he's really good in the clubhouse he's a former player himself he's gonna he understands how to relate to guys and as we've said a couple times I mean his A.J. Hinch's best job has been what he's been able to get out of his guys. So Zach Greinke fitting in here could be better here, even though it's a tougher pitcher's ballpark, be better here because of who's around him. Before we get to some of the other deals, when you look at the money, Greinke is essentially making what Dallas Keuchel and Charlie Morton are making together and combined. Right. Would you rather have Dallas Keuchel and Charlie Morton, the two of them, or just Zach Greinke? It's a no-brainer, and we talked about this in the in the offseason, too, and, and, and as, as part B of that, they got Martin Maldonado back today as well, right? 
why not just sign all three of those guys in the offseason and be done with it? You know, Charlie Morton said he wanted to finish his career here. He should have paid him. And Dallas Keuchel, obviously he had a heck of a run here in Houston, especially the pitcher without a ton of power and um, had to really pitch and feel and command the baseball. Yeah, two's better than one for sure. They are where they are. I mean, to give the front office credit for rectifying that and realizing where they went um, and addressing it. But, yeah, with the issues they've had, especially with McCullers being on the shelf and Corbin Martin actually being part of that deal, if you'd kept, you know, Keuchel and and Morton here, those three prospects are still here. Mm. And and that's just that's the way they chose to go in the offseason. They paid for it today. But credit to them for paying for it at the same time. I imagine, though, you're simply, in some ways, it's comparing apples and oranges because Keuchel wanted a long-term deal and Charlie Morton two years, so Keuchel probably wanted four or five. So I'm just speaking clearly from a, sure. a money standpoint because, you know, basically you've got Zach Granke making 30-something million a year, and I don't think that Charlie and Keuchel are approaching Not that. Not I mean, you know, And the other thing is you could have given Charlie a two-year deal like you wanted in the first place and, and kept him here. And still kept these prospects, right? I mean, there's another way. There's all the other ways they could have done it, um, and kept the five guys or three of the five guys rather, because they kept you know um, Whitley and Tucker in the system, and and they didn't do that. But that's what they gambled on in the off season. Those are the decisions you make as a club, um, right, wrong, or otherwise. They have their own chart, own path to chart. They chose to do that. They're back here now in contention, not just in 19 for the World Series, which I've always said winning in October is far more important than being built to get to October. Got to win in October. It doesn't matter. So they're ready to do it now. On paper, this team is very good next year, even without Cole and who else can be coming back. And they've, they've actually left it open for 2021 as well. When I look at this team and when I look at playoff teams, and I've mentioned this before, I think adding Granke not only gives you – three starters, you're also in some ways bringing in a bullpen weapon as well, because how have we seen the, we've seen these playoff games, postseason baseball games. A lot of times they end with starters, right? David Price for the Red Sox, Chris Sale, obviously Verlander, excuse me, obviously uh, Charlie Morton and then Lance McCullers for the Astros in 2017. Is that a hidden benefit? Because I don't think people are talking about that. But to me, that's simply another arm that you can use in a high leverage situation if you need to. It affects the other guys besides Zach Greinke. You know, I, I don't know that you know, that Greinke, Verlander, or Cole will ever pitch in those type of situations unless absolutely necessary. Verlander yeah. did in Cleveland, unless remember? Absolutely necessary, right? Um, but. It does help the bullpen, which has been overused, and and adding another piece they added to Aaron Sanchez, who like we you know we said on the news earlier will come in and start right away. He ends up in the bullpen too. All right. So while that's happening, you've now got some power back in that bullpen. Relievers are volatile. Somebody's <laughs> going to blow up, but somebody's going to be really good. And adding Granky takes pressure off a lot of things. On uh, KHOU Eleven News, we did one big thing and one small thing. Yep. Uh, my one small thing was. Wow, the fact that they could get three guys yep. for Derek Fisher. Yep. I mean, you're talking two relievers, one yeah. starter reliever, one reliever, Biagini, and then you've got Sanchez. And then uh, Stevenson, the young outfielder, who may end up being better than Derek Fisher. How does how does Jeff Luno pull that off? So, I, you know, I don't know what that's about because that seems lopsided. 
up front. And, and I say that because Fisher was blocked here. Mm-hmm. He was blocked. He didn't have anywhere to go. Wasn't going to play. Was was probably the sixth man on the depth chart, right? So Yeah, that's probably about so right. So he wasn't going to come up. The next guy to come back up would be Tucker. So he wasn't going to come up here and play right away. Um, long term. Yeah, long term. But other clubs are supposed to know that. Like they're supposed to know that. So it's not just about the value or type of uh, player Jarrett Fisher may be, but why am I giving the Astros three players for a guy that can't break out of their AAA line? Why am I doing that? He, he can't play here. So Jeff has to move him regardless. He's got to do it. I don't need to give up three. It, it makes me question what they think they have in Sanchez or had. Um, be a genie. Okay, I get it. You got the kids in A-ball. Yeah, I, I get it. But – what are you really thinking about Aaron Sanchez that you're going to give him up as part of that too? Especially when you look at what they got back for Stroman. They got what, Kay mm-hmm. and Simeon Woods Richardson? Local kid. Local kid. Um, both guys with good arms. Kay's, you know, rebounded from Tommy John surgery. He's pitching, he was pitching well. Um, and Simeon Woods Richardson's up to 102, something like that, you know, with, with showing ability to start long term or not. He's doing it right now in, in A-ball. So they got some high-ceiling arms back for a guy that's a two-starter. Stroman's legitimate, too. Is he a one in some time? Sure, but he's legitimate, too. Okay? Now, you try to look at the Astros, and they're able to get all that for Derek Fisher. I, small thing today, maybe a big thing later. Is Sanchez a guy who they could potentially, health issues aside, is he a candidate that you fix that he can be fixed because he won what 15 16 games was an all-star three years ago and now he's a guy who's lost 13 games you know he's had a lot of command issues at time he's also had some injury issues and a, a, a seemingly recurring blister problem right um that never seems to go away so the place to go for Aaron Sanchez is up it's up it's definitely a buy low you know or, or sell low buy high whatever you say yeah. you know deal for these guys and um, but is he a guy that you want on the mound in October? That's what I, I don't know. I mean, know. out of the like, bullpen for an inning, sure. I mean, really? Right, yeah, I'm, I mean, today, okay. that's where he fits. And, and, and I'm watching, I'm giving him a chance to pitch here in the back end of a rotation while I have the slot to do so to see if I can get more out of him. And the injuries at this point allow that for the Astros. To happen here, right, and, and maybe uniquely here. And that's why they did it because um, you got to figure that the Blue Jays know something about their own player that the Astros don't. You know, it's just kind of how it is. If I was in Milwaukee and we're trading with Tampa, Tampa is going to know something about their player. They're not going to necessarily tell us. doesn't mean they're withholding medical information. doesn't mean they're withholding anything that's going to hurt hurt uh, the, tra- the, the trade or that he's going to, you know, um, be untoward. It just means they're going to know more. I mean, they've had the guy in their clubhouse, in their system, right? So Sanchez grew up a Blue Jay. They've had him for a long time. And while this regime didn't draft him and they didn't um, – do a whole lot with him. They certainly know him, so we'll see what we get. I mean, this you know these Astros are the Astros and Blue Jays aren't afraid to trade with each other, right? Giles and Osuna. I mean, they're not afraid to do that. So, see what happens. Take a quick Astros break. In the the way things are done these days, is it how much is it phone call? How, how much is it text? How much is it how much is it email when it comes to constructing trades? Because man, you're up against a 3 p.m. deadline. Yeah. Is it all of the above that you're using? You're, you're just any way you can get a hold of the guy. Um, is that basically? It's all of the above. Is that the way it's happening? It's all of the above, and you've got people monitoring different forms of communication too. I mean, text just from doing what I, what I've done. And what I do now, text is easy because yeah. I can talk to nine people at one time. Yeah, I'm talking to time. I'm talking to so and so on the phone. Hey, I just got a text coming in right. from. Okay. Right, you can do that, but 
Um, phone is where you finish it. You have to finish because you got to talk through details and email conf- confirmation that we're done, right? So you have to have something that's, that's official, something that's formal. Um, you know, they used to still have paperwork when they asked for permission to talk to guys. Yeah. And I'm sure they still have some of that stuff around there now. But, um, you know, and you got to get approval from the commissioner's office for anything that happens, right? So you have to have enough time. You know, you can't put it in text message only because, it, you know, something get lost. It has to be verbal. It has to finish that way. But all of the, all the methods of communication are being used. The Astros said they got the, uh, Jeff Luno said the Astros got the deal done, two minutes to spare, which is really an eternity when you consider it was seconds to spare with Justin Verlander. So uh, in this case, I think Jeff could actually uh, sit back for a little bit and enjoy the ride. No, not really. When it all came together, we just looked at each other in the room and said, are we really, is this really happening? It was kind of had to pinch ourselves, but this wasn't quite the Justin Verlander deal, but it wasn't too far off either. By the time we had all the emails and approvals and everything done, uh, we were within two minutes of the deadline. But, you know, that gave us uh, a lot of time to relax and enjoy it. Most of these deals are done (laughs) last minute, man. I mean, you know, it's like even draft deals when we used to sign people with no... um, no sliding issues, mm-hmm. you know? It was, they were done like two minutes before the deadline. I mean, it's just it's what it is, you yeah, know? Yeah, that's the way it is. So, Everyone cramps for a test at the last minute. That's right. So leverage is, is had the highest, which makes me, it makes me again question, what do the Blue Jays know we don't? Because you're right, it's a lopsided. I mean, it's, look, it's a, it's a small thing today. It could be a very big thing tomorrow. And, and that means with the kid in A-ball, and that means um, be a genie if he comes back and is anything in this bullpen, it helps out. And it means Sanchez for sure. You know, I don't know. It's it's a big haul for what you got to got to figure as a fourth outfielder. You know, and nothing against Derek Fisher, but if I'm a reserve outfielder, I can find that other places. Why am I doing that here? You know, um, Luno wins that one mm-hmm. right now. He wins that one. And when it comes to what they gave to Arizona, he wins that one if they win a World Series. I I don't know that that Beer and and Bukowskis are irreplaceable. I like Martin. I still think he's a reliever, but I like Martin. You know, Bukowskis is a guy that you can find tomorrow in your system, and those guys know that. And Beer is a left-handed DH, and those guys know that, right? Um, what's interesting, though, is with all the the talking we've done on this, on this deal. <laughs> here, we, here we go again. With all the talking we've done on, on our stuff, um, they did, went out and did exactly what we said they were supposed to, Yeah, you know? And it's, it's good, I guess, I hope if you guys are listening, nice job, glad we could help. Um, if you're not listening... He did it anyway. I'm glad we were able to think the same because it's a pretty good job today. Most importantly for the city. And and I beat these guys up in the draft the last couple of years with taking players that aren't impact for the city. And I promise you, Seth Beer was, no matter what they tell you, was a third player in that trade. Um, Bukowskis was second and Martin was one, even with the injury, because Martin has a chance to start and has a chance to stay there, even though he's, I don't think he does. He has a high ceiling of the three, right? Um they still were able to get something accomplished. And that's that's good. That's good. They listened and they did it. What did you think um, in his little news conference, if you will, after the trades went down, Jeff Luno said that the guys that he traded, they're not that far behind Kyle Tucker and Forrest Whitley. Anytime you have a conversation about uh, a, a good player that you're trying to trade for, the first part of the conversation is they ask for those players, the top players on the board. Um, we, we were pretty clear from the beginning that those players were not going to be part of any, uh, any move. Um, now, you know, we really like the players that we gave up, and so it's not like there was a, a huge gap between 
the guys we kept and the guys we gave up. Um, we gave up a lot of a lot of good players, and you have to give up good players to get good players. But um, we're happy that we still have a farm system that we think is going to help us uh, win, not just you know next couple of years, but beyond that. Was that just talk, or does, do you think that they really evaluate those? The, the evaluation is really that close between that group and you know the, the top two and then the other three. Well, first of all, it's some posturing mm-hmm. because they are guys they drafted and they are guys they just traded, yeah. right? And so you want to make sure that you make the Diamondbacks feel good about what they're getting and you make the guys feel good um, that you traded about what you saw in them today and yesterday when you took them. Um, that said... There might not be a lot of difference between Seth Beer and Kyle Tucker. I mean, he's a better um, outfielder, Tucker. Yeah. Better. I mean, anything's a better outfielder. That that TV is a better outfielder than Seth Beer. Um, but you know, from left-handed power, it's left-handed power. Like that's ultimately what you're buying, right? Left-handed power. And I think Kyle Tucker's hit tool in AAA has to come under some question. It's not like he's hitting 350. No. You know, there's, and it's not like he's got you know the advanced metrics that are again these famous charts that I've yet to see are off those charts. You know, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I, I, there may not be much, and and, and it's it's that's a, a big fall for somebody that you deemed you know Ted Williams when you drafted him, and that you know we talk about being you know the Astros' future, um, and how we do that. So I don't know. When it comes to Martin Bukowskis doesn't count in that. He's a reliever the whole way, so he he doesn't count for me in that in that sentence. But you know Martin's touched big leagues. He's tasted it. He's pitched well at least once mm-hmm. here. And Whitley has yet to show he can stay healthy. Maybe not. Maybe not. I, I, I can't say I can't say for sure. Um, because that's baseball, you know, you can't say for sure, but maybe not. He might might be on to something. I, I think he's mostly posturing, but he might be on to something. Martin Maldonado back to the trades coming back. Jeff had hinted on yeah. the Astros broadcast that yeah. uh, we tried to get Martin Maldonado and the Cubs took him from us, from Kansas City. And then, of course, they go ahead and they make the trade with Chicago, sending Tony Kemp. I'm not quite sure where Tony Kemp fits in with Chicago, but good for him. I think everybody's a big Tony Kemp fan, at least on a personal level. Sure. Uh, Martin Maldonado, we've discussed this on air. Now let's do it on the podcast. Could he be the main guy down the stretch because of his familiarity with the pitchers and the way they love throwing to him? Because he had an, listen, let's be honest. I mean, he had an awful postseason. He did. Especially considering it's a guy who is one of the top defensive catchers statistically and analytically and uh, when it comes to reports. And he... He was terrible. So you know, we didn't talk about this before, but I'm thinking about it now. I'm wondering how many times Maldonado's played with Granky. Because I know they're in Milwaukee together because I was there. So, I mean, at least I, it, it, if they missed, it was by a year. I have James the intern, whatever. James, go look that up. See how many times Granky and Maldonado played with each other? Yeah, and, and Maldonado or was teammates. A, teammates. And Maldonado was in Anaheim, correct? Yes. And Granky was in Anaheim before the Dodgers or after? Right. Well, I don't know. Look that up. Yeah, and before the Diamondbacks, he was in both Anaheim and... Come on, we need the answer now, James. Just kidding. Anaheim and, and, and L.A. And I'm saying this because I think Maldonado, with familiarity with Verlander, his familiarity, familiarity with Cole, mm-hmm. and his familiarity with Granke, um, gives you your everyday guy in the postseason. See, I think the moves that were made today weren't for the rest of the year. They were made for the postseason. They weren't made to get through the West. I think that with with unless you know the sky starts falling and 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 you know, the apocalypse is here. They're going to win the West, right? Um, but the moves made today 
our comfort zone. And Maldonado, you know, I'm not saying the Astros didn't know this before. Clearly they did. But somebody comes back here, somebody who's good in the clubhouse, somebody who loves his teammates and his manager, and they love him. Um, somebody who's a defensive-oriented catcher with, a, with all those bats around him, one of his potentially historically good offenses in, in the game. Um, that's a heck of a move, too, because that – takes the pressure off Torinos, and it gives him a break. And, and Stassi wasn't the answer. We said no. that last year. You so, said that last year. Yeah, I mean, there so, was a lot of talk, oh, Max Stassi, Max Stassi. And you said he's at best a backup. Yeah, at best, and, and really a third, a third starter. Man, that was a terrible take I had. But, but going back to today, I mean, I just look at Maldonado, and I feel like that's a missing piece defensively. Now, Maldonado, we were there in Boston it was when he had the meltdown. It was I bad. still it say was today – Nothing against the Boston Red Sox, but that Astros team last year was better than the Red Sox that won the World Series. and But they didn't play right at the right time. They didn't play well at the right time. So Maldonado's got a chance to come back and do that again. He wasn't going to get that in Chicago. He certainly wasn't getting it in Kansas City. So he's got a chance to be part of that again. Okay, is this Astros team, as it's currently constructed at 7.43 p.m. on July 31st, is this better than the Astros team that heads into October in 2019 or 2018? 2018? No, it's not. Um, because even as good as they got with Granke, they still had Maldonado at the time, right? They had Morton. Um, they had Morton. They had Keuchel. They had Keuchel. They had uh, Presley, a healthy Presley, right? Um, they had other weapons that were still there. I mean, last year they could, they really could have repeated. That's how it tells you how hard it is to do. They had um, Marwin, a guy who they trusted. Marwin Gonzalez. I mean, there's, there's a better club last year. Are they good enough to win the World Series now? On paper, yeah. But... That was a better team last year, and that that team last year was, I mean, that was that was a fun one, mm-hmm. like top to bottom. That was a fun one to be around, and um, this year's good. It's good. It's certainly got better today, and they're the AL favorite right now for sure. Not just from what we're saying or what you know the four letter network, as you called it earlier, is saying, or you know the three letter network is saying in, in New York. But um, you know the execs I talked to today, you know the scouts I talked to today, they're they're the favorite. Some people questioned the players that went back to Arizona openly question it like okay so what right but that said you know they're they're definitely better today than they were yesterday um and they, they can do it now i mean they, they you know 24 hours ago that's what this conversation wasn't happening you know they can do they can win the world series now other winners oh do you have an answer yes so they played for the brewers from 11 to 12 Ooh. those two seasons 11 and 12. And, and Grinky during the 2012 season, got traded to the Angels. Right. So. Yeah, but they, they do have a they've, – they've, wow, you know, that's interesting. You've got a guy now. I knew we is, had him. Yeah. Did, did we – did they have – they didn't play together in Anaheim? They missed each no, other? No, that was – because Maldonado wasn't there until 17 and 18. Oh, okay. okay. He was there in 12. Okay. He was there in that one half year. Yeah. Okay. So um, this would be the second time. But there's some familiarity there. I mean, that's a long time ago. It's six, seven years ago. Um, but yeah, I mean, they've been together before. So there's, there's a comfort zone that Greinke's going to have with guys like that. And, uh, you know, he's obviously handled these, this type of stuff. I think that Chirinos certainly can do it, but needs a compliment. So, I mean, Maldonado's going to play more for me. And they've ridden Chirinos pretty hard. I mean, Chirinos had has to. gotten a lot. Yeah, they've had to because, had to. uh, you know, they've had Garrett Stubbs up for a little bit when yep. Stassi went down. Yep. Um, other big winner, Big picture when it comes to what happened before July 31st. I know who I'd say, but uh, I'm, I'm going to go Cleveland. You know what? I'll just jump oh, right team in. Oh, team-wise? Yeah, I'd, it's got to be Cleveland, right? I mean, they added two impact bats. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, one and a half. I mean, Puig's a bit of a wild card. And then you got a you got a back of the rotation starter, Logan Allen, from San Diego. Yeah, and you got you know some minor. To me, Reyes alone makes them. Uh, you know, they were missing a huge hole. They had a huge hole in that lineup. They're, they're good. They're good. I, I think that Tampa Bay. So they got they got Aguilar from, uh, Milwaukee, from Milwaukee. So that's the guy, right. huh? That's the, well, I mean, they tried to get Nelson Cruz over the offseason, like the Astros and everybody else, um, but the Rays stayed on what they were missing, you know, and and they got Aguilar, who can hit and probably need to change the scenery, also as well in Milwaukee. So, um, you know, if he goes in and hits, I mean, don't sleep on Tampa. I mean, they're pretty good. All right, so let's wrap up with a grade. I hate grades for but- Luno. Yeah, I give a grade. Why Jeff not? Luno gets an A from me, and, and yeah. that's and, that, and this is he's he thrives and shines. Yep. In trades and waiver claims and free agency, and he he got an A, absolutely. And oh, by the way, he picked up two minor league outfielders from the Angels. Certainly, I don't know anything about him. I know you probably don't know anything not about much. him. I'll but find out. listen, we didn't know anything about. Well, we knew a little bit about Jordan Alvarez because he was sure. a huge signing out of Cuba. Yeah. Um, I'd have to read up on these these guys, but listen. You never know. You don't know what yeah. these two these two kids from probably rookie ball. I'm guessing that's where they're from. Probably, but um, yeah, an A. Yeah, it's an A. It's, it's definitely an A today. It's not. Um, he's had some moments in the draft where I'd give him an F. Mm-hmm. You know, he gets an A in this stuff, and he showed it again today. So let's pause on the reading Jeremy scouting reports till next time. Yeah, we'll do that next time. And um, so that's it. That's our uh, recap of the draft day. And pardon me. That's our recap of the trade deadline day, and it ends up to be a very good day for the Houston Astros. So for Jeremy, I'm Jason. Thanks for tuning in to Extra Bases.